Welcome to California Groundbreakers, a place that sets trends, starts movements, and shakes up how things are done around the world. We're inviting interesting people doing innovative things to sit down and talk with us about how they're asking and answering the big questions facing all Californians. Our goal is to inspire change across the state, one conversation at a time. Our third talk is with a few people we call Los Autenticos because they're at the forefront of a movement to bring real Mexican food to Sacramento. Mexican cuisine is as farm-to-fork as you can get, but it's also as complex as other ancient cuisines with techniques, skills, and ingredients refined over thousands of years. Talking with us this evening are four well-known restaurateurs known for their Mexican cuisine. Lisandro Madrigal, better known as Chondo, of Chondo's Tacos and Chondo's Cantina. Ernesto Delgado of Mayuel and La Cosecha, and Art Aguilar and Max Archuleta of Cantina Alley. All of them have opened up new hotspots in Sacramento during the past year, and they're intent on serving authentic food and drink and surroundings that let you know that you are indeed eating the real thing. To celebrate Mexico's Independence Day, we had Una Gran Fiesta, complete with ceviche and cervezas at Casa de Español in downtown Sacramento. Join us and listen to Art, Max, Chondo, and Ernesto talk about their cultural roots, and how their backgrounds led them to their present roles today as Sacramento's ambassadors of Mexican cuisine. My name is Vanessa Richardson, and I'm the executive director of California Groundbreakers. And it is a civic engagement, a cultural engagement organization, a nonprofit, uh, still trying to find the words, but basically the goal of what we do is to bring innovative people who are doing innovative things in Sacramento and ideally around California to come here to Sacramento and talk about what they're doing and have people in the audience ask questions, uh, get inspired, offer help, uh, either as a volunteer, as a philanthropist, as a corporate sponsor, just so there's more connections. Because there's so many good stories, so many good um, tales of innovation happening that uh, we should know about as residents, as taxpayers, as voters, as people who want to know more about the place that we live. So that is the point. This particular event is the third one in a series that we're calling Food for Thought. So many of you know this month in particular is Farm to Fork Month. And we really emphasize here the Farm to Fork uh, movement. I always like to know who are the people who are doing the food, who are serving the food, growing the food, making the beer, making the wine. Um, what are their stories? Because there's so many good stories behind these people and where they got their start and why they got their start. So we've had two events already, uh, one in July and one in August with great people. This is our third. The reason why this in particular, I drew these four gentlemen here was because they have all opened up new restaurants in the past year. They've all been interviewed typically by the B or the Sacramento Business Journal. I noticed one thing that they all, well, at least one thing they, they all said was, I want to bring a particular type of Mexican food uh, in my restaurant that is from my part of the country where I, or where I grew up or from my childhood or who, what isn't served here in Sacramento. And to me, that seems like I want to bring authentic Mexican food to Sacramento in a way that it hasn't been done before or that has not been served here before. And I thought that was very interesting. So I know these gentlemen have great stories uh, to tell, and we're going to hear them. So I wanted to 
start saying thank you, first of all, to the panelists, not only for being here, but for bringing all this amazing food and drink. I got, uh, yes, excellent. Excellent. This is the best. This is the best food and drink we've had so far at this event. So everyone else has a, a, a milestone to make. So thank you very much. I also want to say omion de gracias to Maria Harrington and Johnny Walker, who run Casa de Español. And, and Leo Lopez. Those three really helped me put this event together. So, <laughs> so without them, this event wouldn't be what it is today. I also want to give a special thanks to Ruben Reveles and the artist who, if you haven't noticed before, here over here in this section, they have donated, well, they're uh, selling art at sometimes a discount, but all the proceeds of the sales are going to earthquake relief efforts in uh, the states of Oaxaca and Chiapas. Because as you know, Mexico had not only a hurricane, but an earthquake. It's uh, very serious stuff down there. So if you haven't had a chance to take a look, the art is there. If you are interested in buying, please uh, go check in at the register uh, inside at Casa de Español because they're going to be in charge. But uh, thank you very much to Ruben and all the artists who are donating work. I also wanted to thank my mother again. And also to you guys for coming. Um, this is probably for many of you the first time you come to this event or heard of California Groundbreakers. Hopefully it won't be the last. So thank you very much for coming. Uh, I wanted to just give a quick brief uh, what's to come events. Uh, if you sign up on the e I makeshift email list that we have set up there with Nicole at the check-in desk, we do do a newsletter that uh, let you know about events like these. So we have another Food for Thought event on beer, Oktoberfest. So I have two great brewmasters from two great breweries who are going to be talking about their stories and, and where they're coming from. We also have one on, there always has to be a siren. Um, on business, uh, we have a, I don't know how to phrase it yet, but obviously many of you know Amazon is looking for a second headquarters. Sacramento is throwing its hat in the ring. They have some big challenges. One of them is they're here in the state of California, which has a lot of regulations. I bet you guys know about this. A lot of red tape. Uh, a lot of businesses are leaving. How can California keep them? What do we need to do to keep them or are we fine? So there's going to be a panel discussion on that. And then also just another one, which is going to be interesting on November 30th. Actually, I have the date for that. Uh, we're partnering up with the Crocker Museum. They're doing a, a fifth Thursday. So you know there's first Friday, second Saturday. Now the Crocker's doing a fifth Thursday, a conversation that matters. So we're partnering up with them to do a talk about the future of downtown Sacramento. So the Golden One Arena has been around for a year, almost, I think next month. What has happened, what's going to happen, not only around the arena, but the rail yards in Old Sac, the waterfront. So we're bringing people who are basically literally doing the groundbreaking in those areas and how are they going to shape the country? That's just a sample of what we're going to do. All right, so without further ado, I always let the panelists introduce themselves because they know themselves better than I do. I'm going to start with the gen gentleman on my left and we're going to go down the list. Uh, basically, you're going to state obviously your name. Uh, your current role in the places you own right now, briefly, because I have a lot of questions about each place. And I always like to, I personally like to know a little personal thing about each of you. So I figured for this event, I like to know if you have a, a go-to 
food or drink, uh, a Mexican food or drink that just you love because it represents whatever your childhood is, your what you do, uh, that you seem to prefer above all the rest, either the summer or just all the time. So let's start with you. Well, good evening. Good evening, everybody. My name is Lisandro Madrigal. Uh, people know me as Chando. I am the founder of Chando's Tacos and Chando's Cantina. Um, I, um, my parents are from Michoacan, Mexico, uh, and uh, I lived in Tijuana for several years uh, managing my dad's tortilla factory over there, and that's where I discovered my passion for street food uh, and, and also s the service aspect of things. Um, I really love the fact that I'm able to create something and share it with people and then people biting into whatever we're making and you know, seeing them nod their heads like, yep, that's what I'm talking about. And, and that's one of the things that really drives me and, and, and fuels me. Um, I've got four restaurants here in Sacramento, um, four Chandos Tacos, um, taco shops that focuses on um, street food from, with Tijuana style um, street food. Uh, and we just recently opened Chandos Cantina um, that focuses a little bit more of like home style street food, but from all over Mexico, right? From different different regions, um, as well as the cocktails. Um, in addition to that, we have um, three food trucks uh, that um, cruise around Sacramento and the surrounding cities. Um, and I still continue to do a lot of catering um, around Sacramento and, and different cities, which is kind of how I started into the taco business here in the Sacramento area. Um, my go-to uh, dish, I think when, I, I love Tijuana for street food, um, and I was just talking to, to a friend I made a, a second ago, but my go-to thing is tacos de birria de res um, from Tijuana. Um, Tijuana's a little far, but there's been days where I, I wake up about five in the morning and I tell my wife, you know what, I'm craving tacos de birria. We pack the kids in the car and we drive to Tijuana and we go eat. We're that crazy. Um, <laughs> Here in Sacramento, uh, my go-to is carne asada. I mean, I, I love to grill. I, I really have a good time behind the grill, and I like, like to marinate meats and stuff like that, and that's kind of what I do here, so cool. What is birria de res? What is it exactly? B birria de res is um, kind of like a shredded beef, but with marinated in um, different types of chili. Uh, you know, you put some chili ancho and, um, you know, with some laurel and different, different spices. No, no. Um, it's not the tongue. They usually, so different regions make different kinds of birrias, right? I mean, birria, most people, say from Michoacan, for example, it's made from chivo, from goat, right? Um, beef is a little more mainstream than goat, and, and so that's, that's, you know, Tijuana is big on tacos de birria and adobada and asada and everything. We'll, talk, we'll ask a more detail about that. Cool. All right. Hello, my name, can you hear me? <laughs> Great. My name is Ernesto Delgado. My stage name is Senor Ernesto Delgado, Delgado de Tequila. <laughs> um, if you haven't been, um, I have a restaurant downtown on corner 12th and K called Mayawel. Specializes in uh, tequila. Um, and it's a museum concept of Mexico. So I like to say we have dishes on the menu from all over Mexico, uh, showcasing everything about uh, the people, the art, the culture. 
Um, and I like to say that Mayawel is a uh, Museum of Mexico exhibited through the history and production of tequila. Um, I also opened uh, Mesa Mercado about a year ago out in the Carmichael in the new Milagro Center. So that concept is a different concept. Uh, I like to punish myself by making it difficult, but it's a beautiful place, um, beautiful menu. And I like to say that that menu focuses on the origination of Mexican food and uh, the way my mother used to make me feel in her kitchen. So I came up with a religious food experience, which uh, una experiencia religiosa is what the thought came to mind and then I had to translate it into English. So I came up with a religious food experience. When you taste our mole, which is a uh, mole oaxaqueño, mole negro, uh, because uh, I wanted to focus on Oaxaca, Mexico City, Puebla, and of course Michoacán, because I'm also from Michoacán. Uh, my mother uh, was an amazing woman, and uh, everything that I am is everything she was. Um, all my restaurants, all my thoughts of food and memories and everything goes back to, I always remember how she introduced herself or when she tried to make me happy by giving me a plate of food. Uh, she always say, for people that came over, Elvira Delgado para servirle. And that's truly what I try to do when I see you all in my restaurants. Um, it's a passion and I think that you see it through all Mexican restaurants. It's, we're very passionate people and we love to give the best of ourselves, um, whether it's on a plate, <laughs> in a drink, or maybe just in assistance of any kind. Uh, it's well known that we always say, you know what, we give you the coat off our shirt off our back. And that's really the, it comes from our culture. Um, and we love showcasing that in our restaurants. Not just myself, but all these folks here. Um, and who would have thought that all us Mexicanos would have something important to say that all of you would be here listening. You know, it's, it's really an amazing uh, fact, you know, from, uh, I, I was born in Mexico, born in Michoacan, came here when I was five, six years old. I remember, you know, throughout school being picked on because I was Mexicano, so we were ashamed to be Mexicano, but as I grew up, I learned to be proud. And I felt as a kid that th by bringing me here, they took away my, uh, I don't know, my nationalism of Mexico. But then as I got older, I realized that, you know what, I'm also a proud American and I'm a proud Mexicano. So this is why I love to showcase both. Um, but again, uh, it goes back to my mother and everything I showcase in my restaurants. Uh, my mother and father taught me everything I know. It's a memory that's there. Um, obviously, I didn't grow up in Mexico, but I like to say I have three passions. Design and architecture, my culture, 
and the, the restaurant business. Um, and it's about food, uh, food entrepreneur, kind of you put all those together and that's what I came up with. So that's what I do. And recently I opened up La Cosecha, which means the harvest. Um, it's a beautiful location, has its challenges, but it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing place. It's a, it's a place that I'm trying to create that's, that's a, I call it, it's a Mexican restaurant with Sacramento culture. Why? Because we live in Sacramento and it has to have a little bit of, I'm proud to be Mexican, I'm proud to be a Sacramentan and I'm proud to be American. So I like to showcase that and I like to also always reinvent. I probably would have been better off maybe duplicating Maya well, but I love creating. I love to bring what I love to Sacramento. I've been in Sacramento almost 30 years. I'm going to ask you Napa. about I'm going to ask you about that later. But right now I want to ask you what your favorite food is right now, Mexican food that shows off. My favorite food it has to be without question is turkey and mole. There was something about it that, you know, every celebratory thing that uh, happened when I grew up was turkey mole, turkey and mole with the stuffing and the, and it, it, it's on another level. And I've always, you know, uh, there's something that just takes me back to my mother, to Mexico, to uh, growing up. And there's something about the flavors and the comfort. I think Mexican food is all about comfort. And turkey and mole does it. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it just best thing in the world if you haven't tried it. Because I was going to say maybe it's the stuffed pobladas because I know uh, yesterday Ernesto showed off the dish that he's going to be presenting at the big farm to fork dinner on the bridge. He's the going to be serving the first course. So congratulations. Yes, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. That. That, thank you very much. <laughs> it's, it's truly an honor and uh, I'll just quickly um, I was almost going to mention that dish, but that dish <laughs> was a new dish that I didn't grow up with. It was something that from me having the passion to the cuisine of Mexico and the history, I learned that that was truly a chile relleno, you know? Um, and I'm fascinated with the flavors and the fact that even Mexicanos that live here in the States don't know what a chile nogada is. So it was my effort to put it forth and showcase it. So when I was asked to um, present a dish at the Tower Bridge dinner, I thought it has to be in September, it has to be the Chile Nogada. Why? Because it represents, it represents Mexico and with the local ingredients and myself, it represents Sacramento. So I'm very proud and honored to showcase a, the history of Mexican cuisine in a Chile Nogada on the Tower Bridge dinner. Thank you, everyone. Buenas tardes, ¿cómo estamos? Bien. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is uh, Arturo, or Art Aguilar. 
I'm a co-owner, co-founder of Midtown's Cantina Alley. And uh, a little bit about me, I'm a product of migrant farm working parents. You know, I was uh, raised in, uh, I was born in the state of, in the city of Querétaro, raised in Guanajuato. Uh, for the first 10 years of my life, I would live uh, half the time in Mexico, half the time here in the United States. After the age of 10 or 12, my parents decided to stay here. Uh, so I'm a migrant farm working product, very proud of that. Um, uh, what we wanted to do is something different when we uh, brainstorm Midtown's Cantina Alley. In most cases, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, you usually have that cuisine from wherever that family or that person's from, whether they're from Michoacan, Jalisco, or wherever they're from. We wanted to bring different regions of Mexico, a little bit of everything. We do have things from my state, uh, El Bajio. We call that the Bajio region. But we wanted to do a rotating menu where every two months you have a new flavor. Uh, so we're hoping that we can start that with Day of the Dead, uh, rotate to the Oaxaca region. Uh, so uh, we're, we're very excited about that. As far as food and my love for food, uh, started with my grandmother and my mother, obviously. Uh, love to eat, uh, just watching them in the kitchen and love their recipes. I mean, that was just something that I was always uh, intrigued by. Um, I do have a gentleman here in the back. He's actually our chef when I was 15. Started in the restaurant business. He was my mentor. He's back there, Chef Cienfuegos. So, um, if it wasn't for him, I don't think. Uh, I mean, my love for the food's here, but you know, I I look up to that gentleman. And uh, everywhere I've gone, whether different restaurants I've had, he's followed me, and uh, uh, we make a. I like to think a great team. Um, my favorite. Uh, uh, pozole verde is my favorite food, okay? Now, and that's because my mom makes the best pozole verde anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we do have it at the cantina, so please uh, come by, try the pozole verde, but that's, uh, it could be 110 degrees out there, but I'm still having myself some pozole verde, so, okay. As is everybody else in town, it takes 45 minutes to get in, doesn't it, these days? You're doing very well. Thank you. Last but not least. Uh, my name is Max Archuleta. Uh, before I get started, I do want to uh, send thanks to everyone that works with our team. Uh, they're the ones that really uh, put their efforts in daily to make sure uh, our vision is, is uh, met. Um, we already introduced uh, Angel Cienfuegos. He's a chef. And uh, the Baja taco that everybody loves, is uh, that's his. Uh, also, we have Oscar, Oscar Escobar. And he is uh, he's the man behind all the drinks. So uh, all the creative dreams come from Oscar. <clears throat> uh, Mason Starbird, he's our uh, craft beer specialist. Um, he knows more about craft beer than, uh, than I'll ever know. Um, and then we also have Adan back there. He's our, one of our main guys as well. So I uh, just want to let everybody know that these are guys that really do it, not us. Um, I'll touch on the craft beer since I mentioned that. Um, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do when we created the cantina is, you know, be a little different. And uh, craft beer is really big uh, locally here. Um, but what a lot of people don't know that it, it's big in Mexico as well. So uh, uh, we've uh, done our homework and got craft beer. We have uh, seven different breweries, excuse me, uh, four different breweries in Mexico that we uh, import the craft beer from. Uh, so it's a little unique. So I encourage everybody to come by and, and give it a try. Um, a little bit about myself. I was uh, born and raised in Sacramento. Uh, my mother from Guadalajara. And um, 
my Mexico, my Mexican food is different than a lot of people, different than Arturo's when we uh, met each other and we decided to put a concept together. So um, something simple as a menudo. So when I ate menudo growing up, there was hominy. Art, no hominy. So we went back and forth arguing about, is it menudo, is it not menudo? So um, one of those things just um, led us to think about the food from Mexico. There is no right or wrong about it. It's just, you know, different regions and different, uh, the way you grew up eating it. So we want to kind of highlight that uh, in our restaurant. And, and that's one of the reasons we decided to, uh, you know, showcase different regions. So uh, that's one of the things we're working on. Uh, and uh, moving forward in the future, I think that uh, we'll be, you know, su successful doing that. Um, as far as my favorite food is concerned, you know, I'm pretty easy. Uh, Something simple as a tortilla for me, because every morning my grandmother would, every morning would make tortillas, and that smell—that's what I woke up to. And I wish I could wake up to it today, but you know. But at any rate, you know, tortillas—I could eat it plain by itself. I could put anything in the tortilla, tortilla, and a lot of time that's overlooked in a lot of the the dishes uh, that restaurants uh, put out. Um, one of the things we want to do when we did our cantinas make sure that we do fresh tortillas every day because that's how I grew up eating it and that's how I you know we want to showcase it with the um, with our customers so in a nutshell that's kind of what we're doing thank you everyone I, I wanted to ask is is mid is the cantina alley even open tonight because everybody seems to be here and then thank you. you I, we, we are open, so afterward, oh, okay. everybody to the cantina. There you go. So I wanted to start by asking each of you individual questions about, uh, you know, your past experience and present experience with the restaurants that you, that you have right now. So Chando, I I wanted to ask you first, because um, I think you had mentioned already you and your father had a tortilla factory in Tijuana, and then you were here in Sacramento, and you worked at Apple before you started. So I guess I wanted to ask what were the what were the actions that made you decide to leave what sounds like a good job to, you know, starting a a, a taco joint and then the next step, what made you decide, okay, I'm gonna expand and then I'm gonna open up a restaurant next to the governor's mansion. So what led you what were the milestones that led you from there to here where you are now? Well I at the time, so I, I was a, a business account manager for Apple. Um, I was there for about 10 years. Um, and um, it was a great, great career. I mean, an awesome company. It was very strong during the time. And um, things were great. Um, but my dad passed away in 2007. And that's when, like, reality hit, you know. Um, you're one of the questions that I asked myself the most um, in the beginning was, you know, was my dad ready to go? Uh, was his mission accomplished on this planet? You know, you only have a certain amount of time um, and, and and you have time to leave a mark and then you're gone, right? God will pick you up like that. And so um, that's kind of what, what kind of my mind kind of thinking. I have to do something different, right? And so um, during the time he... he um, you know, lost the battle to diabetes. Um, I had written a business plan to bring a tortilla factory here to Sacramento. Uh, in fact, we had rented a, a space off of Franklin, um, and we had already brought the machine over, and we were super close. Um, and and 
then he died. And so, um, what year was this? That was in 2005. Um, because I, I mean, I love the tortilla business. It's, I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. And, and, um, and so that's kind of, you know, when that happened, I mean, I didn't lose track of it. Um, I, I put the, the business plan on hold because um, it's not a cheap business to get into. I mean, machinery is really expensive. You talked about um, regulations when you get into distribution, that gets expensive. And then you have to, um, you know, you have, you know, all the sewer impact fees. Uh, because what I want to do is is 100% um, stone ground corn tortillas, like all natural. Just add water and lime, and, and there you go. And, and I want to produce them at a, at, a, at a you know major scale. And so I, I kind of parked that, um, and then and then I thought, oh, well, what if I just start doing parties, you know, catering, you know, while I was working at Apple. And so I started marketing myself, and that started that was in 2007, in June of 2007 when it started. Um, there was a major gap in the city. Um, there isn't good, at the time, there wasn't any good food, in my opinion, um, especially when it came to tacos. So if I wanted tacos, I either had to make them myself or go, or go to um, Tijuana. Um, because I think a lot of, a, a lot of things that, that, a lot of mistakes or what a lot of, a lot of restaurants, tours do is um, you, you tend to lack that 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 boldness to say you know I, I want to I've got a vision and and I want to do something different I, I don't want to do what I think the customers want right because a lot of times you know like say Mex Mexican food from like the 80s was just beans with the shit with a bunch of <laughs> beans beans with cheese and and just more cheese right and, and a little bit more cheese on the side and some lettuce and tomatoes, right? Um, and, and, and so my thing is, you know, we need to, we need to educate people on, on what a real taco is about, right? And how to, how to eat this food. And, 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 and so that, that's kind of what got me going in, 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 into the catering business, right? I was able to identify who I was um, by making mistakes, right? Um, and, and also um, identifying who my market was going to be. Um, and what my product was going to be, right? And so I did that in people's backyards for three years. In June of 2010, I opened up Chandos Tacos on Arden Way um, because by then I had enough uh, run rate business to support that because I, I was a cook for hire. So, for example, Monday through Friday, I'd work at Apple. Friday evening, I'd stop by, pick up all my produce and my meats and, and get everything ready um, and cook it in people's backyards on Saturday. Um, and that was kind of the first season. The second season... It was like okay, I could do a, a gig on Friday and a gig on Saturday, and then and then, like later in that season, I was knocking out two a day, and then so so I I, I was able to learn a lot along the way, um, and and then I realized I need a place where I could point my customers to, um, and then my wife also needed something to do other than just deal with four kids at home because she was going crazy, because um, we have we have a, a, a really young family. And so she needed to socialize with people. And so it made sense to open up Arden Way. Um, and so we opened the doors to Chandos Arden in June of 2010. Um, and I, I mean, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Um, I was working 20-hour days because I was doing Apple from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then, you know, I'd 
jam to the taco shop, kiss my my wife on the cheek, and then take off. And 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 you know she'd go home, and I'd work till about 10, 11 o'clock at night, and and then go home and do some books. And so I'm sure you guys know what that's about, right? It's crazy, um, but um, it's been a fun ride, um, and so. I think I lost track of what I was saying. Well, and but then why the decision for Chando's Cantina? So, what, what is, I'm sorry, repeat that question again? Why the decision to go, because you had Chando's Tacos yeah. and then West Sac and Roseville, and now gotcha. now you're next door to Jerry, Brent, the governor's mansion. So, how did you decide, I'm going to go make a big step to do that? We're, we're on a first name basis with the governor now. Thank uh, does God. he yeah. come by? I was going to oh, ask. He does. He, does. <laughs> he, he crashed a, a, a soft opening party we had. Um, and he's like, what are you guys doing in here? I was like, oh, crap, what did we do? Did we mess something up next door or something? And he's like, can I join? And so he, he, he hung out and had some drinks. So um, he and his wife come over um, quite a bit, and they like it. Um, so my, my decision with Chanos Cantina, um, I, I've got a band. Um, we, I, I sing. I'm a lead singer in a band uh, with my brothers. It's called Authenticos de Sacramento. It's a Norteño band. Um, and, and so um, I wanted a place um, where I could hang out. My, my way of hanging out with my kind of food, uh, my kind of drinks, my kind of um, environment. Um, and, and so, um, and, and I also think that um, there was a gap, another gap of, uh, of, of that kind of food. Not, not your you know, typical rice and beans stuff, um, but, but more, more of like what, what I always say is be, be a little more on the bold side but that don't introduce stuff that's like foreign to people's palate because to me it's really important to keep the integrity of, of, of Mexican cuisine and Mexican cooking Chando's slogan is simply delicious right because we like to keep simple simple ingredients but make it really delicious and Mexican food doesn't have to be super crazy unless you get into Oaxaca with crazy moles too and they like they don't mess around over there but um Right, Nestle. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, my idea with behind Chandos Cantina was um, was was to introduce um, a restaurant here in, in in Sacramento that that brings um, culture, right, from like art, uh, music as well, right? Because I, I love the, I've got a passion for music, um, but also food um, and showcasing home style street food from all over Mexico. Right, not just Tijuana style with the little twist of Michoacan that we that we do at Chandos Tacos, but you know, introduce food from Oaxaca, from Chiapas, from from Guanajuato, from from Tijuana, from from different regions, um, and 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 show people how to enjoy that food, right? And and a lot of people, you know, and and it's a it's a challenge when when you're kind of you know introducing a new concept to Sacramento because people are used to, you know, your rice and beans, right? Because it's a sit-down place, right? Oh, well, where's my rice and beans? Or how do I eat this stuff? And so we have to educate them on that. A lot of stuff is finger food. And, and so that was kind of my thought process behind, behind Chandos Cantina. I, I want the food, I want the art, and I want, I want the um, experience of, of cocktails, right? Um, in, in a full-service environment. So Ernesto, you had described the three restaurants now that you have open. I wanted to ask you the, uh, a question about how you got started with the first one because I, I did some research on all of you, all of you uh, gentlemen. And with you, I think I read you, well, like you said, you grew up in Napa, but you came to Sacramento State 
for a degree in graphic design, is that right? And that's where you got your start in design and marketing. But then along the way, with through your work, you got an appreciation and a knowledge of your culture that you didn't have before, and that seemed to spark the interest and then therefore my OL. I was curious, what were the specific things that, before you started my OL, got you inspired and, and wow, I didn't realize, or now I want to take this knowledge that I have and turn it into a restaurant? Uh. Growing up in Napa, um, I think at age 14, I had my first job as a dishwasher in uh, Yontville um, at a place called La Bucan, La, La, La Bucan or La Chanterelle. <laughs> I started working in French restaurants, um, and I started just loving to work. Um, grew up in Napa, so I experienced a lot of different jobs in many different restaurants. And I remember in through high school, I had a counselor who just pointed at me and said, you're going to college. And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, you're going to college. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and after probably the thousandth time, I said, okay, I guess I'm going to college. So he I always mention his name because his name was Hector Brambila, and he's the one that got me to Sacramento because I never really thought I'd be coming to college, but um, brought me here. That's what brought me here to Sacramento. Um, at age 16, I knew I wanted my own restaurant. I don't know why. I think I just love, I think it started when I was selling chiclets, the Wrigley Spearmint's packets to all my friends <laughs> um, and realized that for 70 cents, I can make $5. Or uh, That was a little bit of the entrepreneurial spirit that I learned at a young age. Um, but at age 16, I wanted to open up a taqueria because that's what we all knew that a Mexican restaurant was. But then I realized that, you know, in college, you have to choose a degree or choose a direction. Um, I must have tried, I couldn't tell you how many. I was an actor, I was in criminal justice, sociology, um, and the list goes on. But once I got um, interviewed by a Sac State professor, and they said, you need to be in the creative field because you're creative. I did a test, and it says, you know what, you belong in this group. So they said, you know what? You need to go into graphic design. And I'm like, well, what is graphic design? And I met with the professor, Gwen Amos. Till today, she's still like my mother. I visit her. She lives close to my other restaurant. She visits me. I take her flowers at every Mother's Day because she reminds me of my mother. And she truly took care of me during school and I feel like she gave me wings to do everything I do today from creating restaurants or just to learning how to see. And when I say learning how to see is to see the world and how to create and how to be open to anything. Um, so that took me to become a des graphic designer. Um, I did graphic design for about six to eight years, which 
led me to be uh, kind of taught in developing businesses for everyone else. <laughs> and I truly took a passion in working with restaurants. Um, and I became friends with Ernesto Jimenez of Ernesto's Mexican Food. And I'm sure he gets exhausted and I get exhausted. Everybody says, you're the Ernesto? And I said, not that Ernesto. <laughs> but we're in the same business. And I learned a lot from him, and uh, which led me, after having my own businesses in design and graphic design, marketing, communications, uh, for about six years, I sold my design business. He convinced me to help to go work for him and develop Socalo. Um, the vision of Socalo, um, obviously he was the owner, but I helped him throughout that whole vision and create what Socalo is today. Um, it's a beautiful place. Um, it's been around for a long time now, which later led me to open, I don't know if you all remember, but I opened up El Patron Bar and Grill on Folsom Boulevard. Um, that I was uh, married at the time, and it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, again, it was. I had a partner, and it was a beautiful restaurant. We created a beautiful place, uh, a lot of new style. We we presented, you know, a new side of Sacramento, a new side of Mexico, mariachi, and just you know, kind of like fulfilling a gap that. I saw, or my partner saw, um, and that, I was there for about five years till I decided to move on and create something of my own, completely. Um, so that's where Mayawell came about, and what, you were asking about... Yeah, what year was that? When did you start Mayawell? That was uh, open in 2000, April of 2011. I like to always say, people ask, how old is Mayawell? And I like to say, well... Eight years, and they said, "Well, it's been open six. I said, "Yeah, but it started two years before that. <laughs> it during takes a long time to plan it and build it and go through all the process, particularly during a recession. Yes, and everyone thought I was crazy. They said, "What are you doing going on to k street? You're crazy and uh you know the passion I think passion has always driven me, and I had this vision of creating this Museum of Mexico. And I happened to revolve it around tequila because I was in Napa and I saw what they did with wineries and wine and restaurants. So they developed, you know, the Napa restaurants developed this entire culture around wine and wine experiences with the food. And I thought, well, I'm Mexican. Why can't I do that with tequila? You know, so that's kind of where the Tequila Museo Mayawel kind of came about. And if you all don't know, my daughter's name is Maya. And actually, Maya Well was one of the name contenders to Socalo, but Socalo was a better fit for that area. Um, but I love the Maya Well uh, name. If you don't all know Maya Well, uh, one thing that I've always done in all my restaurants, I love to educate um, about the culture, the history of Mexico. And Maya Well was the Aztec goddess in mythological. Um, stories, uh, Maya was the Aztec goddess of the agave plant, and then there's the factual 
but the name Maya Well has always stuck. It was always close to my heart, and that's also one of the reasons I named my daughter Maya, and the Mayan culture. Um, so Maya Well really stuck, and that's how Maya Well got started. And so, talking about education and and culture and design, Midtown Cantina. Um, at least when I see it, and I think it's described often, is the decor and the art is such a big part of the cantina. So for Art and Max, my question is, um, when you had the concept, was that a big part of it? And what are the what are the notable things, you know, besides the food and the drink that you visually and maybe uh, music-wise that you want people to experience when they're there? What are some uh, things that you really want people to know if they don't know already? Well, for us, other, like Ernesto mentioned, it, you open the restaurant, but it's two years prior to that that you're working on the restaurant. And um, we wanted to do something different. We, everything about that restaurant, we wanted to be handcrafted. Um, and a lot of people, when they walk into that restaurant, they kind of see that right away. 80% of that bar, the 80% of the woodwork there is uh, from a carpintero from Ensenada. We, we took a trip when we were um, finalizing the craft beers that we were going to bring, the four different uh, breweries that we work with. We stopped by, talk, we talked to a uh, woodworker and asked him, hey, we're doing this restaurant. Just so happened that his sister lived in Sacramento. Uh, three weeks later, he was out here taking measurements, went back, fabricated everything down there, and then brought it back. And I want to say about 80% of the restaurant was his work. Um, the, the artwork, uh, Ruben uh, Reveles is here. You see a lot of his artwork there. Uh, from uh, when we first started, he, he helped design the restaurant. And um, most 80% of the artwork in there is, is Ruben's artwork. And the rest that Max has said earlier, it's been a team effort. You know, we really, we sit down, we have some ideas, but we, we listen as well. You know, uh, we try to do, and in my case, I try to remember what I grew up with, and when you walk into the cantina, uh, you see uh, to the left-hand side you see a uh, a cantina wall that's advertised with with uh, Corona and Tecate. Well, when you go to Mexico, you got a lot of pueblos that that's how they they don't have a lot of signage, but they do it on their walls, and that's just something that I remembered. And also, we have uh, security measures. When you go to Mexico, you have broken glass on the walls of the. So we, we did that as well. And you know, when we first put it together, we said, are people really gonna get that? But we figured we could educate them. You know, some of them might get it, some might not, but that's for ourselves and our staff to, to be able to educate people. Um, there's, a, there's a dog on the roof as well. When you go to Mexico, there's a lot of dogs on the roof. So we, uh, we got a dog on the roof. The first one we got, was in, it, was, it, it looked too nice. So on our last trip to Mexico, we brought a, Max made sure he got a meaner dog. Uh, <laughs> In a true story, we, uh, I mean, yesterday this just happened. We had a, a staff meeting, and one of our employees took a dog. That dog would not stop barking because he thought there was a real dog on the roof. So, uh, but just everything about the cantina, we wanted to, we wanted to be custom. We didn't want it. We want. We didn't want to go to a restaurant. You know, a lot of restaurants you put them together, you go and they're, they're yes, they're different styles, but they're similar because you could just go get that here or get that. The light, the, the light fixtures are from Oaxaca. Max and I were there last year, and we brought light fixtures from Oaxaca. So uh, safe to say that probably about 90% of that restaurant is done. You, you couldn't go purchase that. It was either built or designed for the restaurant in Mexico. 
Max? I'll just uh, add a couple things to it. I, if you're not familiar with, uh, with the restaurant, it's in an alleyway. And uh, it's, you know, a little unusual to, to be in an alleyway. Uh, we took it as, you know, a challenge. And uh, we built from the ground up. So uh, there was no building there. It was just a backyard with fence and grass. And uh, even both of our wives are like, uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, you know, going back to what I said, we just really wanted to do something that was a little unique and a little different. And we wanted people to, when they came to the cantina, that they, you know, if they didn't know any better, they would think they were in Mexico. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're, we're close. We haven't got there 100% and our, our work isn't done every day. You know, we want to work to uh, make sure it's better. Um, but we're off to a good start. We've got a lot of support from people uh, in the community. And, uh, you know, we love what we do, just like these gentlemen up here. you got to love what you do in, in this business. Otherwise, uh, you know, you won't make it. There will be ups and downs. Uh, sometimes you're riding high, and then, you know, the next day, uh, not so high. But uh, if you love what you do and, um, you know, you, you'll, you'll do well in this business. So um, I'm really lucky to be a, surround myself with a, with a great team. Arturo has been a great partner uh, so far. <laughs> but uh, for, for me, at the end of the day, uh, it's about the group of people that I'm working with. And, and that's what makes it more rewarding uh, than, than anything. And then the product that we put out. Uh, I'm, I come from the ni uh, nightclub business. Um, my grandfather owned a bar. My dad owned a bar. I didn't ever think I was going to own a bar. It just kind of happened that way. Um, so I've been in a nightclub business for, you know, 25 years. A uh, restaurant wasn't my first love. And, uh, you know, that's where Art came in. That's, you know, his passion. So together we, we make a really good time, I, I think. And uh, we just want to keep giving more to the community. So uh, Cantina Alley is uh, step number one. And in the future, hopefully, we have, you know, another project or two for you guys to come, uh, come enjoy. I was curious because I know you did a soft open in February, March for the cantina. And when the weather gets cold again, do you uh, heat lamps? Because it's mostly outdoors. So uh, is there me a, mezcal. a lot mezcal, of mezcal, a lot of mezcal. keep you warm. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're, we're actually working on uh, a phase two for the cantina now to, uh, you know, make sure that the elements don't get the best of us. So I'm going to ask if anyone has questions, if you want to start lining up at the mic. Um, and ask. I, I have a few, but I think it's a good time to, to take questions too. And, and while that happens, I, I wanted to open up the question to all of you panelists about uh, the food. And I, I think this was mentioned a little bit before about, you know, authenticity and, but not, you know, and catering to people's tastes, but not so much. But I was wondering, you know, um, how, how do you, are there ways that you maybe alter the food to make it more palatable or fusion, or do you stay true to authenticity? How do you educate and accommodate the people that come to your restaurants, if you do? Who, who would like to start? Art. You, you know, we, I think what we want to do is not change it. We want to stay true to what it is, um, even if it might scare you a little bit. You know, some people you hear lengua tacos and might say, oh, I don't want to eat that. But we don't want to change that. Or whether it's barbacoa, you know, we want to do it with lamb or, or birria with, with, with goat. Um, you know, maybe 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it was a little different. But I think now people travel a lot. Um, and they want to experience the same thing here. Um, so for us, I, th I think that we want to stay true 
to what it is without making a lot of changes. Chando. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the, the, the most important thing to me is, and I said this earlier, is, is, is maintaining the integrity of what Mexican cuisine is about. Um, what you will find is um, it's based on regions, right? And so, uh, for example, my wife's from, from DF, from Mexico City, and my family is from Michoacan. Even though it's in Mexico, we still cook differently. And so, um, and you can have the same dish, but it's just prepared differently with different spices. And, and so um, that's kind of, in, in my opinion, that's, that's what you'll see. And then, you know, when I'm sure when we're behind the kitchen, thing is, things are made with love. But when you leave it at the mercy of, you know, some other people, it's, you have to make sure that we're, you know, doing quality control because not everybody has that same passion. And some of us are just there to, you know, watch the clock and take off. And so, um, but I think that's the, that's the main thing is I'm not down with fusion, right? Um, I am all about, you know, the integrity of, 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 of Mexican food because I'm down with the brown. Ernesto. I like to always say it's, you know what, there's so many great dishes uh, in, you know, in a lot of Mexican restaurants, but I think we are all lucky to have this beautiful culture that we all just want to exhibit. I mean, I think you hear it from all of us is that we're not really trying to change anything. We're just trying to present what's been around for for history, for centuries that, you know, all these, we're really trying to get back to our roots. We're really trying to bring what we, we, we want to experience. We don't know it, you know, maybe we were um, some of us were born there, but then brought here. Some of us were born here, but we're really trying to showcase this beautiful culture. And our culture has gone through so much, but you know what? It, it's held its integrity. It's been through so much, but it, it's held on to great influences from other countries that came into Mexico. And you can see it in the food. And a lot of it, that's why there's the different regions of, of Mexico are different because, you know, different types of people, you go there and, wow, there's Chinatown there? You know, it's like, it, you, you don't expect it, but we are all just trying to present what's already all, it's, it's already there. We're just trying to, showcase what we love, what we grew up with, and present it in a, in a manner that, that you love, that you, that's for our community, um, and that's it. <laughs> all right, let's take the first question from the audience. If I can do this. Hi, thank you all for being here. Um, my question is about how you have all helped influence kind of the 
the food ecosystem and how a lot of the things that we have in American culture, you have the same distributors that you get your tortillas from. You have the same place where you get your restaurant fixtures from and those sorts of things. How are each of you looking to influence the larger kind of restaurant and food ecosystem by being the maker of all of the tortillas that you have or influencing, um, you know, bringing in tequilas from all over um, the different regions and things like that to highlight it? Can you talk a little bit about what that experience is like and how you're looking to change the sameness of it all that we kind of experience with the beans and rice and cheese. <laughs> so let's start Chanda. Yeah, I think I think um, Sacramento has become a, a foodie city. I, I mean, people aren't messing around here anymore, you know, and and I think, um, you know, for for me is um, I, I just I just tried to do my best and introduce the, the, the best product out there. Right. Um, but but I think it, it also um, it helps everybody. I mean, what we do helps drive drives the economy significantly, right? I, I mean, we're we're opening new shops. I mean, I'm about to open up my dream tortilla factory here within the next few months, which is awesome. Um, and we're working on opening up uh, another Chando Tacos in Citrus Heights. Um, and and so I, I mean, we're definitely fueling the the local economy and 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 um, and and we each push push each other to, to be better right I, I mean I I don't know if I um, if I answered that you know to the point but that's kind of where I'm at where's your tortilla factory gonna be um, I purchased a building in West Sacramento um, it's a 10,000 square foot facility there um, and today we finally um, covered all the plumbing um, and so we're gonna be um, introducing uh, Chandos tortilla brand uh, Adrian's over there. He's my designer back there. Um, and so um, my dad's face is going to be right on the logo. It's pretty badass. Um, and so um, this is all a tribute to him, um, which is awesome. Um, it's going to be 100% 100 stone ground corn tortillas. Um, the idea is first to, um, first uh, idea is to just make sure that um, we service the, the main customer, which is Chandos Tacos. Um, and then um, I hope to change the tortilla game uh, in um, high-end local supermarkets. Um, that, that's my deal. I'm working on uh, developing um, a Chandos brand tortilla machine with, uh, with some venture capitalist, friend, venture capitalist friends I have out of Washington State that have already developed a really nice bread-making uh, machine that, that is in like high-end supermarkets. So we're going to do that, and you'll see that. Um, and then um, another expansion that we're working on is at Chandos Cantina. Um, we're super busy, uh, and so I took the whole building on 15th and H now, uh, and I'm just waiting for um, all of my furniture and the bar to come from Tonalá, Jalisco. Um, and once that comes in, hopefully around uh, November, uh, we'll have three times the capacity. So that's kind of what we're working on. Ernesto. Yeah, I'd like to input, because you could complete or repeat the question so I can make sure I answer correctly. Sure. Uh, talking about how you have helped try and change and influence the food system instead of being kind of the standard same tortillas in every restaurant that you're buying from distributors or the same tequilas that everyone has on their shelves, that sort of thing. I always like to tell everyone and my staff, I always say, where effort goes, energy flows. And, you know, 
I've always been very a uh, big participant of the farm to fork movement for many reasons. Uh, I think that just that whole concept has done a lot for Sacramento. It, it, um, it's brought a lot of attention to our city. It, it, it's allowed for so many creative concepts and uh, uh, arena for all of us entrepreneurs. We all want to do so much, and we love what we do. Um, one, we all want to be unique and different, and we're still all Mexican restaurants. Um, and it's always a challenge to always keep moving forward. Um, recently, you know, being a part of the Tower Bridge Dinner, it's, it's an amazing experience. I think there is a huge problem with the local distribution because, you know, a lot of the, we all have the same distributors, you know? And it's, it's a problem because how, we all want to become unique, yet, you know, some of us, we're all, we have to figure out ways. Art and Max found a way to bring these great local beers, or uh, not local beers, these beers from Mexico. Uh, that's unique. Um, so we have to figure out ways on how we can participate in that. For the Chile Nogada that I'm presenting on the bridge, I went to meet the farmers. And it's about participating. And, you know, because if you don't participate in our, in what's happening here in Sacramento, and in Mexico as well. Uh, we want to bring the best ingredients. You know, we're talking about tortillas, and we have some great corn coming out of Oaxaca that, you know, we could be using to make tortillas, but like you said, the distributors, sometimes we order the same tortillas from the same places. So how can we become unique if we're all ordering from the same places? So, but truthfully our effort is to do more so he's creating a tortilla factory where he's going to elevate the tortilla uh, sacramento has a history of tortilla factories that you know that's not around and i've actually had the same vision but sounds like he's got he's got me beat <laughs> but it, it is something that i've thought the restaurant industry is becoming more and more and more difficult so a lot of us restaurateurs are trying to figure out a lot of us chefs are trying to figure out how to make just restaurants work people always say hey what do you do for a living i used to say well i'm a restaurateur now or, or no they say what do restaurateurs do and i and i used to explain that we create food, we create restaurants, we do this, we do that, but now I say, you know what, we create jobs. Because a lot of people forget about that. That, you know what, the restaurants, we push so much economy, you know, through the communities, and we often forget that. But back to the question, I just like to say, and, and you know, that the, you know, a lot of people are against, are pro and against farm to fork, but I, I believe it's bringing a lot of greatness to the community. It's forcing us restaurateurs to seek different ways and not just, you know, purchasing from 
the same distribution sources that we been purchasing from, you know? And it's even forcing the large distributors to be more unique, right? They are, you know, all the large distributors, Cisco, U.S. Foods, they are trying to be more like the little guy and promote the different, uh, more of a local scene. It was interesting to me about five years ago, I learned that uh, when I was trying to be local, they said, well, the food comes from here, but then it goes down south, and then it has to come back to you. So how is that fresh, <laughs> right? When we can get it through here, but it, it, it's, it's uh, logistics are, are difficult in a restaurant environment. It's, it's tough to deliver a simple plate. And I have a specific question about that later on, but I was going to ask if Max and Art, you got anything to add to that? To answer to that question. I'll keep going all night, so thank you. <laughs> uh, we might be running out of time, so I'll keep this short. But um, I think, you know, that we have a great responsibility with that, I think, ev everybody up here. Um, we got to, I guess, we just have to stay true, not sell out, do what we're supposed to do. You know, I don't see myself any different than the lady selling tamales on the street or, uh, you know, or, or the gentleman selling corn on the street. They just might not have the opportunity that I have. So I have to stay true to that food because if not, I'm disrespecting them or my grandmother or, you know, or my mother. Uh, so I think it is, it, it, it is tough, but we just got to think outside the box. I think every, everybody on this panel, um, you know, the craft beer, as Ernesto mentioned, that's, it takes a lot of work. But if we don't do it, we don't bring it here. So it, it took some time for us to figure that out, get creative, bring that. Um, it, but it is a team effort, and we're surrounded, us personally, we're surrounded with a great team. You know, um, Oscar, you know, he comes up with the great drinks. You know, creating a margarita out of watermelon or a mangoneada out of pineapple. But those are things we have to do because otherwise, you know, you have 50 restaurants and you're, all, you're doing the same thing. So you have to kind of think outside the box and, 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 and stay true to what you do. You know, get everybody out of the, the nachos and then the jack cheese on the beans and that, you know, and no disrespect to anybody that does Why that. Why don't but you serve chips? Or chips, yeah. chips and salsa. Yeah. But again, I think we have a responsibility and, and really what keeps us going is we don't see ourselves any different than, than the vendors selling tamales or elotes on the street. And I'll keep it super short. <laughs> Uh, basically, what all these gentlemen said, that's what we try to do. Uh, for us in particular, uh, our tortillas, we do in-house, handmade every day. So, uh, you know, that's kind of differentiate ourselves from going to the big vendors. Um, you know, at night we do a, like a, we do street hot dogs at night. That's a little different than you would, you know, do find at another restaurant. So th those are some of the things that we want to, you know, to uh, do to be different. Tonda, did you have something that you wanted to quickly add to, to that or? Um, well, I just, I think you know, going back to like the tortilla thing, um, it, it's, it, it's not easy when you have you know like your big you know Guerreros or your Mission tortilla guys that can come and just squash you, um, and so to me it's like the perfect timing. We've we've been fortunate to, um, to um, have a reputable name um, here in Sacramento. Um, and so I'm going to leverage that with introducing our product. And another thing is people are now more conscious of what they're consuming, 
right? And so if we are able to introduce a product that is, you know, safer to consume with better quality products, um, that that's kind of what we're focusing at, ch at Chandos, right? And both both Chandos and, and Chandos Cantina as well. Next question. Hello, um, just wanted to thank you guys for all that you offer to Sacramento. I moved back to Sacramento about six years ago from LA and I got really spoiled on the food down there. Um, there was a shop called Chano's uh, near my school and we would go there like every weekend and get like these massive burritos. And so I got really spoiled on the food down in LA and um, wasn't really excited about uh, coming back to Sacramento and <laughs> what I would see there because I hadn't been here in a really long time and I wasn't sure what to expect. So I'm glad you guys are all here and, and thriving and making really great food. So thank you for that. Um, I uh, kind of maybe missed the beginning, but I did hear, you know, several of you talk about the influences you got from your mothers and learning how to cook from, from them. And I noticed everybody on this panel is a man except for our moderator. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe your experiences uh, being restaurateurs in pretty much a male-dominated business, but having learned maybe how to cook from a woman and why that is there's that imbalance and what maybe, if you have thought about that at all, how you might be bringing in that balance into your own restaurants? Who's starting? All right. Chando. I, I can go. Um, so... My whole life, um, we were migrant workers, um, and we um, would follow crops from Stockton um, all the way up to Montana. And so we would cook in the fields while we were working. Um, and so I was always used to that. Um, plus, I'm a mama's boy. Um, no. But in addition to that, um, you know, we, we grew up. My, my parents were from the rancho. They were from the, the, the hills. I mean, they would grow their own crops they would you know raise their own farm animals and and slaughter pigs and goats and and cows and that's what I grew up doing in fact I still continue that uh, tradition with my kids um, Christmas and New Year's we go out to a pig farm pick pick a pig out and bring them home and and cook them up and that's kind of what we grew up doing with my dad right um, and during the time when my dad built the tortilla factory in Tijuana um, he was a farm labor contractor here in, 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 in all of I, we lived in Olivehurst so we lived in the Marysville Yuba City area um, and I was responsible for and my mom and my my sisters moved to Tijuana um, and I was living with my dad um, and we would fly to TJ every two weeks. And so I was responsible to maintain the house. So I, you know, we would cook. My dad, he could throw down in the, in, in the kitchen. And that's kind of, you know, I, 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 I love cooking and I learned a lot from both my mom and my dad. Um, and, um, but, but they collectively, um, you know, cooked. And so um, that's kind of where I, I got. And plus, this, I, I've got a lot of years of investment here with this belly. Guys, come on now. Uh, Ernesto, briefly. Briefly, oh, yeah. Well, um, I'd like to invite you all to my concept out in uh, the Milagro Center because I actually dedicate that entire concept uh, uh, to, I like to say, to Mother Earth, to women, uh, because my whole life, you know, 
my mother was a strong one. Um, and even at Maya Well, you know, uh, I'm amazed by uh, uh, Chef Coco. Uh, she handles so much. And uh, I think that it takes, in Mother Nature, women have always done so much. And my concept out in Carmichael is kind of dedicated to, to that. Um, I have a head chef woman. The imagery throughout the entire restaurant is all about that imagery. And uh, the fact that we are all male, um, not exactly sure if I can comment on that, yet we, as, as young male Mexican men, maybe I can answer it on that, through that, is that we, we have a passion and a love for our mothers. And I think that's what forces us to be in this industry because we're trying to recreate our, the imagery of our mother. And mothers have so much love for their children and um, I think it, it ties somehow together to that. But as a restaurateur, I'm always open to uh, opening, uh, opening the doors uh, to women and men. Um, I'm fascinated with a concept out of San Francisco that's called La Cocina. I don't know if you're all familiar with it, but they specialize in assisting uh, women uh, being food entrepreneurs, whether it's uh, chocolate or a restaurant, and they've helped many women. I've often thought that that would be a great thing for Sacramento. You should talk to Andrea Lepore, who was on our first Food for Thought from Hot Italian, because she's opening up the food factory. Yes. And I, I don't think it's gender specific, she's but yeah. She's a great friend. Yeah, so. That would be great. That'd be great. Hopefully, I answered your question and uh, had something to offer on that. Our, or Max? I'm going to answer the difficult part of your question because um, I think you were, um, it's safe to say that everybody here has been influenced by either our mothers or our grandmothers. But I think the question you're asking is in a male dominating industry, how do we get more women in the field? It's tough. Um, you know, you put it. You know, you 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 put an ad. You do, and, and the reality of it is, you get 30 male applicants versus one or two female applicants. So, uh, one of the things that Max and I were, a uh, couple of things we're we're doing that hopefully helps to bring in um, uh, more female staff or chefs on board at our restaurant is, we want to have guest chefs um, and rotate. Whether you're an aunt, a grandmother, a mother, coming in as a, as a guest chef. We would market that that for that month. You'll you're gonna showcase maybe two dishes, two of your dishes, and maybe that'll inspire young chef, young 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 female chefs to, especially if we do if we put a lot of marketing behind it. So that's one thing we wanted to do. Another thing is maybe reaching out to some of the culinary uh, institutes and uh, maybe their outreach, whoever they do the, the program, maybe the counselors, and say you know, maybe they can intern with us for a while. So it is, it is tough, but I think those are a couple of things that we can do. So, yeah. Uh, pretty much what he said. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. 
Next question, is it okay with the panelists if we, uh, well, it's almost 7.45, but a few more minutes, is that all right? Okay, next question. Okay. This is a short question, short answer. I'd like to know one thing a local farmer could grow for you that you can't get now that would make your menu better or more authentic. Okay, all right, Ernesto, I saw the mic first. No? Yes. Okay, yes, all right, go first. I've always asked that question myself, you know, that uh, just, I think that I've always actually spoke to farmers and uh, it happened with, with one person in particular uh, because we grow so much rice and, and we're talking about uniqueness, but I want to talk about this uh, special, um, we grow so much rice here in, in, um, in Sacramento region that I thought, well, why aren't they growing the rice that we have so many Mexican restaurants. Obviously, we sell a lot of rice. Uh, but I connected with a farmer, and he said, well, I'm going to grow it for you. Like, great. Uh, Michael Bosworth, I don't know if you know him, but he started growing rice for, long grain rice for Mexican restaurants. And I thought, you know, that it's, it's about that connection and 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 talking to them because all they seek is someone to buy their product and same with restaurateurs we truly want to create the best product ever so there's you know we're talking about tortillas you know how about growing the great corn and the unique the unique uh uh la coche or i you know it's it, it's it's possible so I think it it really just goes back to the connection and just to connect and, a, and ask each other supply and demand because that's what it's about thank you Chando so we're, we're able to source you know like tomatoes and cilantro and and, and um, seasonal stuff right um, but I, I, I'm working on um, the corn, right? I mean, there's, there's farmers here in the Modesto area um, that I've connected with um, where, where I'm going to be buying um, the corn. But I'd like it a little closer to home. So um, eventually, I mean, I grew up in the fields my whole life. I, I mean, even up until um, three Two years before I quit Apple, I still went to harvest cherries in Washington and Montana during my vacation. People would think I'm crazy, but I'd, I'd come back to my office and say, man, I miss this job so much. Because sometimes we forget, you know, um, how, how hard people work in, in the fields um, and in the kitchens, right? Um, you know, the, the question that was answered, asked before, I, I mean, um, you know, people work really hard, and a lot of the, the gals that we get working in um, in the kitchen feel bullied by the men, right? And so one of the things that we do at Chandos is try to enable a lot, a lot, a lot of the women to become managers. And, and one of the things that, that I um, work really hard at is, you know, making Kool-Aid. People ask what I do all day, and I say I make Kool-Aid, right? Um, 
you know, I, I just, you know, motivate people and kind of get them to buy into my system and stuff. And so this past year, we were able to promote several girls into being managers and they were super scared. Right. My operations manager is 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 um, a girl with uh, with a lot of attitude. <laughs> and so um, th those are things that, you know, I, j I just kind of want to touch on that also. Um, that it's important, right? Usually you see a lot of guys in the kitchen, especially in taquerias. Um, and then when you when you see a lot of Hispanics, because mostly you get a lot of like Mexican, there's a lot of egos, there's, there's a lot of machismo going on back there behind the kitchen. And, and so it's up to us to kind of tone it down and create a good environment for everybody to feel like, you know, because Chandos is about creating careers now. It isn't just about creating jobs. Right. We have 150 employees and we're creating professional careers now. It's not just, you know, eight to fives. This is folks that come in with specific, um, you know, knowledge and 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 and, um, you know, actually degrees to kind of help us go to the next level. So can I just add something really quickly? Um, I was fascinated learn to learn that we that. That. Uh, Mexico buys corn from the states, and most of the corn that's grown in in Mexico's it's it's backwards. Um, it it's weird. So Mexico sells to the U.S. and U.S. or U.S. buys from Mexico, Mexico buys from backwards. But one of the things that I love to see is verdolagas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the peach orchards but right now and you see a bunch of them. Verdolagas. I grew up with verdolagas. What are they? And they are, it's Mexican parsley. Mexican parsley. Mexican parsley. But yeah. you, you have verdolagas with, with, wet, with eggs, with carne con chile, with uh, nopales. You add everything. Verdolagas, yeah, it's, it's just those are the type of unique ingredients that you that we grew up with that we have in Mexico but we can't get here sometimes thank you Arden Max any any crop or thing that you would love to now, see closer what I wrote quickly I just wanted to ask the lady that asked the question is she um, are you do you farm are you a farmer no, no, okay oh it's okay. the Center for land-based okay. learning okay Okay. The, the reason I was going to ask you if you were, I was going to invite you to the restaurant because it's really based on your menu, what you're creating for that season, more or less. And I was going to invite you to the restaurant so we could, if you were a farmer, you could, you know, we could share some ideas. So that, that was a question I had for her. I think I saw one person coming to the mic or no. Okay. What, and then I'll have the last question. No, I, I just wanted to comment that uh, Verdolagas is also known in the U.S. or in English as um, Purslane. Oh, Purslane. So people Purslane. may know it by that name. Purslane. Yes, that's right. Okay. So I, my mom is making a face. I don't know. Okay, because it's. I wanted to say. I think it's last call. We had the liquor license until eight o'clock. So if there's any, anyone left. Oh, they rounded it up. Okay, shoot. All right. But I have one last question out of many. Um, and before we go to the raffle. And I, I'm gonna. Well, I'll try to narrow it down. But I guess in terms of helping the community. Okay, I'm going to tie two questions into one. Helping the community, because I had a question specifically for you, Ernesto, about a la cosecha. I know you opened the Cesar Chavez Plaza, and that 
uh, in a way is you want to help community, but then in a way you have to handle the current community. How do you do that? Um, and then I guess for the rest of you, in terms of um, being there in the community besides just serving food, where do you see your role? So that's part one. I'm trying to tie that in with what do you want the rest of us to know as consumers uh, in terms of restaurant, running a restaurant? Because I think this has happened a lot uh, in the past, Food for Thoughts. Andrea, uh, the Cavuccians from South, Garrett, who's across the street of Anvlack, labor, red tape, prices, minimum wage. These are things that you have to deal with. And then ultimately, we as customers will be dealing with. So briefly, I guess, if you could answer that, I guess, your role in the community and what you want people to know about their role as your consumers and what to expect. Uh, do you, Who wants to start? Should I just start down the list? Or Ernesto, okay. So everybody's familiar with Cesar Chavez Plaza. <laughs> it's a beautiful destination. It also has some some things about it that maybe can, customers may not uh, want to experience, or maybe it keeps them away from downtown. But I have said for m many years, I love Sacramento. I truly do. And when I was, uh, when I thought about opening a restaurant in Cesar Chavez Plaza. Again, it goes to the passion, culture, and the love I have for my culture and the experience I had in the plazas of Mexico. Um, when people come to me and they say, you know what, hey, I want to open a restaurant. And I say, don't do it. <laughs> I think that everyone here will probably agree that uh, running, operating, opening a restaurant is super challenging. And it's not for everyone. Um, and everyone says, how did you get a restaurant inside the plaza? And I used to say, because I work hard, because my restaurants. But now my answer is, I'm the only crazy and idiotic one to believe that I can make a difference. The crazy thing is, is that I still believe that. And I know and believe that Sacramento is a great city and that, you know, Cesar Chavez Plaza is a beautiful plaza. And I'm not, you know, trying to change it. I'm just trying to add something to it to make it beautiful, to uh, be able to take an hour break and come enjoy a nice lunch. Or I remember in the plazas of Mexico, you know, everything happens at the plaza. Your first kiss, your first date, you know, your business meetings, um, all of that. Um, and about the community, I, I really believe that La Cosecha Project is not just about a restaurant. I think it's very obvious. I'm all about the community. Uh, it's hard to invest time into everything with the community, but I'm the first to jump in um, and help wherever I can. Um, I think it's just in our 
in our culture as well to offer that. I'll repeat the question because <laughs> I know it's a long one. Because we're competing with open mic across the street now. Um, I guess for you, Chondo, it is... Um, you're opening so many places. Um, what does that mean for us in terms of will we be paying more? Will you be, um, you know, just expanding your role? You're, you're bringing more jobs and you're bringing more things to uh, Sacramento. Uh, are you, are you, go I mean, how do you keep your sanity, I guess? And uh, how do you keep your role as a community, uh, a person in the community, um, if that makes sense? Well, um, first of all, I think um, I drink, I, I talked about making Kool-Aid. Well, I drank Steve Jobs Kool-Aid for many years. And so I think the, the, main the main important thing is to be a good leader and enable your people and, and, and just let them make mistakes. Because if you hold everybody's hand, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, and the first thing that I did is, I, I mean, first thing is make sure I understand my business. I'm the one that creates the menus. I, I, I do everything, and I've got the vision for Chandos. Um, but I also have to put, put a strong team together in order for us to be successful and uh, allow Adrian to, to kick ass, um, you know, with the marketing side of things. And, and then art also with our social media. And then Fabian over here with, with catering. Um, and so the number one thing is I have to make sure that I'm a good leader and I can lead them to water. And then once they get there, all right, dude, let's show me what you're working with, right? And so we do that. That's the number one thing. Um, it's crazy. I, I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, but I love what I do. Never once have I thought about the paycheck. Never once have I thought about the reward other than to meet these great people and to be invited to places like this. Um, and, and people ask me, I want to be a rest restaurateur. Well, why? Oh, because it's a lot of money. I said, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to do something because you, have, you love it and because you have a passion for it. The rest will come, right? Um, and and that's, that's what's happened with me. I mean, I've taken huge risks, and I continue to take huge risks. Um, sometimes I feel the way you feel, Ernesto, with uh, the Cantina Project I, I have on 15th Street. That, that has been um, the most challenging one so far. I mean, I've been very fortunate um, um, that Chandler Stockles has, has, has been accepted greatly across the, the city. Um, Cantina has also been really good, um, and it's been awesome, but the downtown crowd is way different than people in the suburbs. Uh, and so that's been challenging. In terms of the community, I have over 150 employees. Um, right now, and so we're generating a boatload of jobs in addition to careers um, for professionals. Um, I get out there in the community. Um, I like to mentor kids. I, I, I didn't graduate high school. Um, I got my GED when I was 16 years old. I grew up too fast. Um, and I, I got kicked out of my high school. I went to an Olivehurst. Um, I'm not proud of saying that. Um, but with that being said, I, I go back and I talk to these kids um, three to four times a year, and I offer scholarships for the kids. Um, last year, we gave over $8,000 in scholarships um, combined, um, and we started a year before that. Um, we're also going to be starting an organization um, here in Sacramento because I look back and I say, okay, well, what... Where, where did my parents mess up or, or where did they let me kind of, what happened to me? Why didn't I finish school? I mean, I know it was kind of smart, um, but, but something happened along the way, 
right? Um, and number one, my parents trusted me. Number two, they didn't know the, ed the educational pro the system. Number, th number three, they didn't speak English, right? So um, the Chandos organization is going to start by helping our, our employees. Um, I, I put together a team. Um, we've got um, folks that understand the educational system. Um, we've got counselors. We've got, um, we've got uh, people that know the arts from music to dance and all this stuff. So, so the idea is enable the parents, right? And I look at my employees as the number one. And some people work 12, 14 hours a day. So what are their kids doing all day, right? And so, so I'm going to enable them to kind of understand the programs, the, 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 the educational programs, and help them, you know, become, you know, help, help them understand, you know, learn English, learn, learn computers, learn stuff. So, so in turn can be better employees for us and, and grow with us and also have a program for the children to be at while the parents are working. Right. Um, <laughs> you have a lot going on. That's, that's great though. Good stuff. But I've got a kick-ass team that lets me do that. So, yep. Last word to Art and Max, I guess that, that uh, can, you know, condensed question in terms of, you know, I guess future plans for you. The Cantina's doing gangbusters, your role in the community, future plans, or, you know, how do you want to do more than just be uh, a Cantina in, an, in the alley? Uh, uh, for us, you know, I think there's a lot of great things that uh, these, you know, people do individually, but the, the greater challenge is for us to do it together, because I think if we did it together, we can accomplish a lot more. Uh, so uh, I think that's a huge challenge and not a lot of people would li uh, like to work together. So moving forward, I would love to see that in the uh, in our small group of uh, owners that own Mexican restaurants in the sort in, in the uh, area. Uh, so if that happens, I think it would be uh, it would be great for the community. Um, as far as the customer experience at the community, uh, we you know, we are huge on customer feedback. Uh, so we want when you guys come in, we want your you know, a lot of people will tell you all the good things, but rarely will they tell you the things uh, that they didn't like. Um, but I want to hear those things because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make us better. Um, and that's really what we're here for is to, to help uh, educate people, let them have a good time, whether at the cantina, bring memories of when they were in Mexico, create new memories. Uh, and together, I would like to work with the gentleman on the panel and then other, other people uh, in the restaurant business to try to uh, create a, a little, I guess, a bigger pool to uh, you know, help the community out. Art, any last words? Well, no, I'll just add a little bit as far as with the community is, is we, not, not just as far as in the food industry, but, you know, reaching our, our, the young, young kids, young adults, and show them also the business side of things. You know, it, uh, sometimes that the food comes, comes easy, but it's the other, the other side of owning a restaurant or managing a restaurant that, you know, from the city permits, from, from, uh, from the business side, from, you know, those. So if we, we like to create that and educate them on, on, on all aspects of the restaurant business, not just, uh, not just the food side, because that's just one of many, as we all on this panel are aware of. And um, as far as we, we start, we like starting with our team. You know, for us, you know, we tell, we tell our managers, our, our GMs, and we tell them and we say, look, we want you to do better than us. I mean, nothing would make me prouder than if I have one of my managers open their own restaurant. You know, all of us here can open our restaurants because we've done it before. But for us, we truly did our job in educating our team. If we 
push them in that direction because it's like a football coach, right? The best coaches, what happens? They're, they branch out to their own teams. And that's what we try to do at the, at the Cantina is, is really advocate for our staff, for our managers to really push forward and have that same goal, that dream that we're living now, you know, open your own restaurant. And if we could help you along the way, then I think we did our job. So that's kind of like what we want to do, so. You gentlemen are doing excellent things, uh, and it sounds like you're doing even more. It'll be great, like you said, if you work together on whatever efforts, but thank you very much for what you're doing for uh, the food and the community in Sacramento. Thank you for being on this panel. Uh, thank you guys for being here tonight. Appreciate it. You've been listening to California Groundbreakers. Tonight's Food for Thought conversation was held on September 12, 2017 at Casa de Español in downtown Sacramento. Thanks to Art Aguilar, Max Archuleta, Ernesto Delgado, and Chondo Madrigal for coming, as well as for bringing the food, the cocktails, and the raffle prizes. A special thanks to Ruben Ravelas and other Sacramento artists who donated their work to be sold at our event with the sales going to earthquake relief efforts in Mexico. Un de gracias to our co-hosts Maria Harrington and Johnny Walker of Casa de Espanol, who were instrumental in making this event such a good one. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Find out when our next event is by going to our website, californiagroundbreakers.org.